Hey everybody, um, I got a few questions already regarding The Handmaid's Tale. And my answer is that if you have not watched the first three seasons, I suggest you go back and watch the first three seasons. You need to get an understanding of all of the characters up until you know this point because it is a it's a continuation you know um you, you know it starts out with in season one it was a lot about um how the ladies it was a lot of flashbacking you know what the world was like what things were happening how things were happening prior to gilead taking over you know um it, you know, you know how women were slowly losing their rights to do uh, to do anything. They were losing their jo they lost their jobs. They lost before they even got to the job loss part of it. We were seeing them um, in order to even get birth control. They had to get their husband's permission or some male in their life's permission to even get something as simple as birth control. Um, we saw things and, and you know, where their, their bank accounts got frozen. Uh, we saw where they lost their jobs. And all these little things were going on around them in the world and they didn't even notice or take into consideration what was happening. And this was when Gilead was beginning to take over. And they little things were going, well, I wouldn't say little because freezing your bank account, losing your job, needing permission to go get birth control from your husband, boyfriend, or a male figure, whatever. It just, you know, unbelievable. So, you know, all these things was going on. We find out more about June and her background as far as how she ended up with her husband and, you know, wasn't all that, you know, favorable. I guess you can say um, we, you know, June was the other woman, you know, essentially she was the mistress. And she ended up with this guy and they get married after he divorced and they had a child, which is Hannah that we, you know, later on see um, even in this season. So we saw the world changing over. Well, at least most of the world there. I think there's still parts of the United States that is that isn't part of Gilead. I think Gilead is primarily on the East Coast because most of the show takes place in the Boston area. So you got Boston, the New York, and you know all the East Coast, DC, all that. Um, I do think, well, they are in Chicago as well, but I'm not sure how far out in the West Coast area they are. And we do know that um, other countries are not necessarily embracing this very, you know, this. It's a morbid way of living. It's um, inhumane. Women have no rights. And the early parts of the show, seasons one and two, show you just really a lot of back, back and forth between what's happening in Gilead and what the world used to be like. And, um, and how June, you know, we see her going from this, you know, very, very strong, well, she's remained strong-willed, but the way she's evolved to where she is now, um, her mentality is a little bit um it's a little different you know she's more in a she's in a fit of rage you know she was a little bit more logical more reasonable in <laughs> season one but realistically to go through that level of trauma for so many years you know to get to where she is now in the storyline it's understandable how she is uh mentally somewhat checked out. She still has this 
focused about what she wanted to do as far as getting her child out of Gilead and really hoping that Gilead falls. But there are points in time where we see her sanity isn't all there. And that was showcased a lot in season three. Uh, June went through a complete breakdown. She literally had a breakdown in season three. And with all the trauma, because being a handmaid, okay, there are different women were placed in different, let's say, um, statuses. So you had the wives, okay, and the wives were, a lot of these women were married to wealthy men already. Um, the men typically were sterile. Um, the wives were just just that. They were already married um, and they were married to wealthy men. And I don't know if they were able to have children or not, but in Gilead, they were not allowed to have sex with their husbands because that's not their purpose. The handmaids were women who uh, are childbearers. They're able to have children and, you know, since they're able to have children, their job was to do just that. They were to have children. They wore red, so they stood out. You couldn't help but notice them. They didn't really blend in. They made sure that the handmaids wore bright red outfits so that they could not go unnoticed. The handmaids were like their prized commodity next to having, you know, to, you know, to having children because they were the ones bringing life into the world. Um, so also, you know, they couldn't even, you know, they, they could, they, they couldn't go anywhere without being caught because of what they wore. They wore all this red. Um, the wives wore like a teal color. You had the Marthas and my guess with the Marthas were, these were older women, but not as old as the aunts, but they were like, I'm going to say these were women that probably could not i think they've had children i think the i think the martha's have had children and for whatever reason are unable to have any more children so you would see the martha's as the cooks and the housekeepers the maids of the household where the commanders stayed and the commanders were the men um that had you know control over the um Everything, you know, they had their districts and their area, their household. They were assigned to handmaids and Martha's, you know, all that. And they usually had a wife. So the aunts, like Aunt Lydia, for example, these are women, I believe, who have um, are of a particular age. They're older. They can. I don't know if they've ever had kids. I'm not sure if they've ever had. I don't think they've ever had kids. These are women who never got married, never had children. And they are unable to have children, but they put them in the aunt's category as trainers for the handmaids. Um, then you have those women, and I don't know, they worked at Jezebel's and they were just treated. They All they did was they worked, they worked at a whorehouse and their job was to be the whores for the commanders and some of the guards and the eyes and, you know, because some of the guards were called eyes. They weren't, all they did was watch. They walked around and they watched and they paid attention to everything. Then you had the guards, their guards and all of that. Nick was um, a guard. Okay. He was one of the guards uh, or guardians, whatever they want to call them. So you had those women that worked at Jezebel's as, I mean, 
they got all the drugs, they got all the alcohol, and they were forced to have sex with all these different men. That was their job. And then you got the women who were, and I don't know what you call them, but they were considered to be throwaways of society, and they worked in this place where it was toxic. So they were had they were dying a slow death. They worked in this uh, toxic area. It was just wasteland, toxic disease. It was really bad. So if you had to go there, you basically going there to die. Um, so those are the that, that's kind of like the different structure of the women. And then you got the Econo wives, and I don't really they live in a different section of Gilead. They kind of they're married, but they're not wealthy. But they are married, so they're recognized as being worthy. And but they have to go to church. I mean, they still have a, a regimen that they have to keep. They just have they're able to live on their own and they have their own family structure. But it's still a very um regimented society. And at one point, June is when you know, during one of her runaway attempts, I think season two, she goes and she stays with one of the Econo families. But the problem with that is, you know, people are heightened. There's a heightened awareness in this Gilead because so much is taken away from you and you're so nervous about anything you say, anything you do. So you have a heightened sense of awareness of any little thing around you. And so, you know, in season two, you'll find out more about that. Um, the men, like I said, you're either a commander or you are a guard or one of the eyes that they say, you know, whatever. They are, all of the men have some type of title of importance. Handmaids, like I said, they're constantly, you know, their job is to sleep with the commander in hopes that they would get pregnant because that's their job. And as long as they're having children, I guess they can stay at the commander's house, you know, as long as it takes. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about some of the structure of, of the society. And you see the wives, a lot of them are very, um, because their lives are so regimented, so regimented, they take out their frustrations on the handmaids. Cause that's, who, you know, they don't have, who else, I mean, they really don't have any control over the aunts. They do mistreat the Marthas. I know um, Mrs. Waterford was very mean to her, Martha, uh, at different points in time. Again, a lot of it is misplaced anger. A lot of it is frustration. And we start to see in season three, some of the wives are getting tired of the way they've been treated. Um, so we start to see a little bit of a rebellion. Serena is uh, Commander Waterford's uh, wife, and she really is like feeling like she needs to step up because Serena's life, it, it, it turned into something she didn't expect. Her and her husband, Fred, were part of the We Creating Gilead, and she used to go out and do all the speaking because he wasn't really a great speaker, I guess. I don't know. She was more persuasive and talking about the way of life, and she really believed in it. And I think she thought she was going to have a say once Gilead takes place. But unfortunately for her, all of her rights went away. They're not allowed to read, to write. Um, they have no say so. You know, so she's in a constant state of frustration.
And anytime you cage a person, whether it's physically cage them or mentally cage a person, it's going to turn against you eventually. And that's what we start seeing all through seasons one, two, and three, and even now in four. Um, so I want to give a little bit of background about the the show. I encourage, if you haven't watched it, to go ahead and watch seasons one through three. They're all on Hulu at this point in time. You can see them all. And um, when you get to season four, you will have a much better understanding of all the characters and where their mindset is at this point in time. That's all for now. See you for episode what? One, two, three, four next week. Talk to you later.